0: Uh, Arash. Excellent. There you go. So um, thank you, Dr. Knight, for uh, agreeing to be on Arash's World. Welcome to Arash's World. So this is a blog where I talk about uh, various things, uh, mostly philosophy, but I'm a huge fan of psychology. And uh, and so especially now, um, what's happening with COVID, there's a lot of um, questions about it and lots of changes that are going to be associate, uh, associated with it. Uh, now, um, I um, I'm also very interested in what uh, in your in your research, and you are from uh, identity realization uh, consultancy. I like both of those items. Both identity and realization are important <laughs> to me. And um, so, yeah, the first thing I I think I've I've noticed is that a happy employee is one who is independent, autonomous. And would you That's agree right. with that completely?
1: Yes, of course. Um, you're quite right, there's happiness. I mean, we've been looking at this, you mentioned identity realisation, this kind of stuff now for 17 years. And the latest piece of research that we've done was, was focusing on people that were well, hopefully successful at working from home and how they contrast with people that weren't. And we found that happiness was, um, was absolutely key. And happiness was founded on on three pillars in in this case, and that was, as you quite rightly say, autonomy. People needed to feel they were in control of what was going on. But also a network, two types of networks. One, to be in contact with networks of friends and relatives and people that meant something to them. But also to remain in contact with people from work. So... You know, we talk about this thing called social distancing, which is a dreadful term. We should really talk about physical distancing, or social yeah, distancing, because you. we need as much social interaction yeah. as we can possibly find. And that is a message we can take back to work with us. You know, we know that people, what people need when they, when they go back. We know it's been working for them when they're at home and the two things can feed from one another.
0: Now, with working at home, one thing that has changed, and that's happened to me too, thanks to COVID, I'm working at home. Um, my first reaction was I was terrified because mm-hmm. of using technology, of not being able to use Zoom, and um, now I've been practicing it quite a bit. And I actually love it because what I've noticed, it's actually broadened my horizons. And so I've, um, I've uh, seen a talk by uh, Ben Pring who uh, works with this and he's mm. been uh, using uh, technology for his work for 20 odd years. And he's saying, finally, you guys are coming to my world. So I'm, I'm wondering how COVID has actually done a shift, a digital era transformation that where we notice and realize the potential of Zoom and which is also me having an interview with you on the other side of the world, which wasn't I really think
1: possible. I You've hit a very good point there. And there. There are two things about Zoom. One, you're quite right, it's empowering. I mean, I've been lucky enough to have beers with people in Australia, thanks to Zoom, which of course I, I would never have done before. And that, that's, that's fantastic stuff. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm having more to do with the States than, than I have at any time in the last, gosh, 10 years, I guess, which also is good. But we need to be careful all the same. Zoom is a substitute and a very good substitute for face to face conversations, but it is not an alternative to it all right um what we what we need is a a mix of the two i mean you and i if we were working together most of the time this is fine but every now and again if you're part of a team you really do need to be in the same space the social interaction the physical interaction with people the clink of a glass whatever it is is really important and that's why we speak about the workplace and what the workplace needs to be is a resource So people are great at working around. As you say, people were very nervous at the start. They were tensive about new technologies. But now, as we go back to the workplace, the office, whatever kind of space you work in, needs to be somewhere where you go to touch base, to pick stuff up, to learn things, to train, and above all, to have an experience, have a really positive experience. Because what COVID is showing us through the use of technology is that we don't need to be monitored we don't need to be surveilled all the time which is what goes on in many workplaces we can be trusted to get on with it and that when we do we adjust our own patterns and really we can get on with it quite well
0: and there's the term of hierarchy which i've never heard before but a kind of like system where basically um, you're moving away from the hierarchy where you have the boss at the top and it's becoming more like kind of like um, smaller teams like coaches basically facilitators to oversee smaller groups. Uh, do you think that is a good idea that we're moving in that direction or should be moving
1: in that direction? <laughs> um, I'm an old cynical person. I like to say skeptical, but probably cynical is, is, quite, is quite a good word sometimes. People have been reinventing things in the workplace for a very long time. And we've had a, a flat structure, to use a different terminology, for quite a while. And what you've just described is very similar to a chap called Tom Peters, and what he described as the bowl of spaghetti, which is a brilliant, brilliant analogy a few years ago, which is whereby you have a mix of people. And if you are an expert, you're at the top of the bowl of spaghetti, getting support from people underneath. And if somebody else is the expert, you then go underneath that bowl and you you then provide the support. So expertise calls on support as needed and leads the way when required. And I think that, that speaks quite well to how uh, flexible responsive organizations can be it's not new it hasn't come about because of COVID-19 it's always been there it depends on how, um, how trusting want a better term a company's prepared to be to do away with hierarchical structure
0: and uh, what about um, employees who are segmenters and integrators those two terms which uh, I find quite interesting I think this for integrators this uh, working at home should be just wonderful because you say this is my home and i don't see a separation between work and uh, my life whereas others who would like to strictly they keep it strictly business and say okay this is my cubicle and um that's it and i go out and i'm free so um how uh, have you done research about the differences between the two strategies of dealing with work and what would be some of the findings and what's your impression about that
1: you know that's a really it's a really interesting point um people look all the time for differences between how people work at home and people in the office and how people struggle and people will say oh it's an introversion extroversion thing it's a millennial thing it's a male female thing and when we've been doing all our work and again over, over all the years it is almost always the case that there is no difference no significant difference between people none what matters is that people have these things at the start, the autonomy to, to, to work in their space, resource and trust. Those are autonomy, resource and trust in this case. And where those things are lacking, be you, I don't know, be you 18 and fresh into work, or as I know, a chap is in his mid-80s and still working, those, both of those people will either thrive or not. Um, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, if you have resource, autonomy and trust, you're doing okay. If you don't, you won't. So, Companies to try and retain control over their staff will say, oh, well, we'll look after you because you're this personality or, or you're, an, I don't know, you're a starter, you're a finished, you're whatever. It's not necessary. What you need to do is trust the people that work for you and things are a whole lot better.
0: It goes back to agency. I had through Zoom again. I had the opportunity to see Martin, Dr. Martin Seligman, talk about oh. agency and uh, the idea of efficacy. And uh, you are making a difference. You are actually in control, and that leads to and positive psychology, and that leads to health benefits and productivity and all that. So, it's my my question is why don't employers utilize that why haven't they done this it's always like i'm at the top and you do as i say even if it's design of the the office and everything we decide and there you go and you deal with it why don't they realize it's for their own benefit
1: that's the thing. yes indeed so so brilliant i'm a big fan of sagan he's an absolute top chef um <laughs> what happened quite a long time ago it it, it dates back. i'll give you i'll give you a good example it's not it's not particularly this person, but he's, he's typical of it. A time ago, there was a guy called Frederick Taylor. <laughs> and Frederick Taylor split up values of production. So complicated jobs in the steel industry became very simple jobs. That meant that the knowledge was then became vested in the manager because they knew what was going on. They could control the simple facets of production. And offices really liked that idea because clerks were very expensive people. They were coffers of information that managers had to defer to in order to get stuff done. So by splitting the clerk's job up into, I don't know, filing, marketing, and accounts, and sales, all these different factors, that let managers have a a say and understanding of what was going on. And we developed what's called the helicopter view. And managers liked that power. The managers thought that they were, I don't know, almost if you look at things like Dilbert, for example, or you look at the readings of people like Paul Rubin and Taylor, you'll find that managers seem to put themselves as an involved species who know better. And nobody deliberately goes out to muck up their company, but managers think it is their right to control other people's lives, and really it isn't. The US is better than the UK. It's a far more productive, organized, problem, productive society than the UK. And it's certainly the case in the UK that managers are responsible for most of the sluggishness in the economy. Britain is a very badly managed office workplace. I don't think the US is that much better, but it certainly has a better performance than we do. And until managers learn that they are not there to tell people what to do, they are there to help people perform to their best, we're never going to get out of that obstacle. Um, and that's the important thing. You shouldn't be saying, do this, do that, monitor that, do as you're told. You should be saying, what help do you need? How can I assist? And that isn't a case of being soft. We're not saying reduce the targets. We're just saying stop treating people like kids and giving them swings and, I don't know, slides go between floors and stuff. Give them what they need to do the job.
0: How much of this is mindset? Because I, I, I sense, and I've, I've worked for different companies too, I'm, in, I'm, I'm an instructor. And so and with, with teaching is even more complicated because I'm the one who is actually teaching and has the experience and expertise. Whereas most, uh, in, in our case, we're a private university. So their uh-huh. background is more business. And so the decisions are made where it's not in consultancy with, with us in many cases. And so to what extent do you think this is the mindset of the employer saying, well, the people working for me are lazy. We need to keep pushing them, of like not trusting them. You know, do you think that is part, partly the reason? Yeah. for? for it? To an extent, Arash,
1: yes, I, I, I do think that we need, we need a proper mind shift, a sea change in how things are done in organization. Now, hopefully COVID will, will be the catalyst for that. We've had the opportunity to do it and we've blown it. So let's hope we can do it right this time. Because as I said, nobody goes out to deliberately muck up their companies. But I'll give you an example that comes from management schools. There's there's six Sigma, which you may have heard of, or or the philosophy of lean, which has five pillars of control. And they're both, they concentrate on eradication of waste and on the eradication of error. Now, when you do both of those things, you muck stuff up. And lean, for example, with with its ideas of control and surveillance and standardization, mineralist workspaces, has no scientific support in any discipline, whatever. You would not put an ant in a lean jam jar or a gorilla in a lean cage because they suffer and eventually die. We are similar, but we exist in a business bubble that largely ignores a lot of science that goes on. There's a brilliant chap you may have heard of in business called Charles Handy who said the business is full of very intelligent people doing remarkably stupid things,
0: and we have to stop that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things we, we forget often now with this shift with technology and so on, we assume that the old way of doing things was was the better way or best way, but we, we often fail to see the downsides of working in the office. And one of the upsides is here in, in my office, which is my home, I have a bonsai tree, I have my mini uh, water fountain, and I feel like, and uh, you've done research on this, I think you said it increases uh, productivity by 16%, I, mean, I think I've seen. And so now in, I'm in my my home, in my place, so should that not be beneficial, uh, being out of the office? Do you think overall, does that have, uh, for everyone involved, like regardless of, of differences we might have of dealing with work, don't you think that could be a beneficial aspect of, of COVID that's coming out now? Uh,
1: Again, I think you're getting a very interesting point. And people are now working from home who would not have worked from home before. And some of those people are people who had very little control over how they work and where they operate in their office. And for them, I think precisely so, suddenly working from home can be a revelation. They can suddenly find that, yes, I can have the tree open. I can have the window open for crying out loud. I can get some air in the place. I can even have a pet sitting by the side of me. And all of that stuff, they suddenly realize how good work can be how um, a drudge can be some, something good. And we and need no to take commute. those lessons. Sorry.
0: No more commutes, which i No more commutes, isn't that a bad. great thing?
1: <laughs> and so suddenly, um, and, and if companies do this, and if they, again, treat people like grown-ups, they say, well, look, we know that the office is an important resource, but we also know how good working from home can be. So they sit down and we say, well, how can we do this? So people, I don't know, let's, say, let's just say, say, suddenly people are doing, let's say, two days at home and three days in the office or something like that. Then that gives them the best of both worlds. It lets the company save on space, and it means people are happier. And when people are happier, they're more productive. And as you say, we use this we use lean as our control, the condition I mentioned before. And when you let people develop their own space, even if they develop exactly the same space, and some people do like the minimum space, they're up to 32% more productive. So it's not it's not necessarily the space. It's how that space is used. And as a quick aside, your bonsai tree, for example, that can be good or bad. I can take away your pension rights saying no holidays and no creche, but here's a tree to make up for it. And that tree is the totem of nastiness. But usually it's, it's a nice thing to have about the place. So, yeah, all of this.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's because that I feel like this is my space, so I do have control over it. Whereas in the office space, you have to have permission. It's like, may I bring my bonsai tree, you know? So, and, and that just opens up many things. And again, I can, uh, with uh, here, I've actually been entrusted to do an online course for our, our college, huh? and, which is just, um, terrifying, <laughs> but also <laughs> yeah. very rewarding because I feel in control and I feel they trust me with it, which is a wonderful feeling. And so, and it's also the move, this is the first time we're offering an online course. So the shift from, yes, we can use online courses and people all over the world can do it on their own time. The flexibility that comes with it for students. So it's not just here, yeah, the workers, we're also looking at, at students who can take advantage of, of this, this new phenomenon. And online courses have existed for a long time, but I think now people are taking it more seriously. I hope
1: so. I hope people take advantage of the situation that are open to them. Um, and I hope that they're, more, they're made more available by companies. Because you're right to refer to your space and feeling at home as it isn't. The reason that we call the company identity realisation is because we found that's key. If you can realise your identity in your space, whatever that may be, you know, that's a bit of a rash, there. that's a bit of Craig, I recognise that there. then that's a good space. If, if your space is stamped over somebody else's identity, that's a far less good space. And as you're saying, working from home for many people can be a great place to be.
0: Um, just a question for you. I was interested, I found it interesting to see that you were working for, uh, you were interested in office design previously, and now you're, you're mixing it with psychology. So how do you feel about your own office space?
1: <laughs> it's, have a look over my shoulder here. I quite like it. I mean, it's, I work in a shed. You know, if I, if I flick it around, you have a look. There you are. That's the view from the window, so I look... The, view of the shed in the middle of Scotland, basically, where I work from. And yeah, I like it. I've got... If I flick around, I've got my little guitar. I've got a bit, bit of plants around the place and pictures of just... And it's... it's it's kind of like me; it's a bit scruffy and disorganised, and it makes it makes me happy. Um, so it's 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 a lovely spot. But but, but you forced me in something else, and I wouldn't I wouldn't like it as much.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you have freedom to arrange it any way you like in, in your place. Okay. Yes, I'm I'm,
1: I'm 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 a fairly rubbish boss, but I will let myself do 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 the odd bit of arrangement. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's wonderful. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's uh, again that's that's very important for uh, for how we are progressing in in terms of uh, the future of work, and uh, I think it's it's really also coming down to utilizing the strengths of uh, your employees of of finding out what are they good at and and uh, letting them do that. So it's my interest of saying I didn't know I like technology as much as I do now, and I'm taking advantage of that, and I was given free reign, which I thought was uh, a very good move from, uh, from uh, my employers to, to give me that space. And so um, is, it, uh, is it more, do we have to like um, kind of understand our employees better, find out what uh, they're good at, what they're not good at, and find positions that are best suited for them? Is that, uh, would that be a good way of approaching work?
1: Very, very much so. Again, it can, management is, is crucial in all of this. Uh, management can either open the floodgates or stop them through, the, through their actions. And the, we mentioned autonomy, resource and trust. We've mentioned the resource, which showed us that along with autonomy, people that their, their networks are important to them. And the more that people have access to that, the better. And the more that managers take time to understand the people that work for them, the better. You know, they can see what kind of space people like. They can see what they like to work with. And you always like technology, so if, if somebody was your boss and they let you get on with working with technology, that would be good, that would appeal to you. If somebody says, no, we've got to do it the old-fashioned way because that's what we've always done it, that would impede your development of the organisation. You'd be less happy. So it, 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 it goes back to that autonomy thing again. How do you work best? And finding spaces for you to do it. And sometimes that means that people don't fit into the organisation because they're in the wrong block they're in the wrong space. Those people need to be helped to find something that does work for well. them. And that's the benefit of everybody. I say, like if managers control those levers and they make sure that people have those things, they found that you know, they have more easily managed staff, happier staff, and more productive staff. Everybody can go home early.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. Um, I'm also curious about uh, social behavior and also behavior at work. Um, post COVID. I mean, mm. um, I was reading at the beginning when we, they started talking about the pandemic and they said like, and, uh, social scientists said, and, uh, psychology, social psychologists said that, um, it depends how long we have to be in this state, but if it's for a longer time, a longer period, these are behaviors that we probably will get uh, used to and we, we can't shake off. So, um, uh, one thing I'm, I'm a bit, uh, perhaps worried about is the, um, um being afraid of others and Mm. keeping that distance whether even if we go back to normal that it's like i wouldn't want people to come too close to me that people that are not in my bubble do you think that is like something that we will carry on into the future world after we deal with this pandemic do you think it will have any consequences on our behavior we're human erection. Uh,
1: absolutely, we will. People will be very nervous about these people near the social, or some people will. And it will take time to readjust, just it takes time to adjust. And some people do it quite quickly. I mean, I don't know what it's like in the US at the moment, but at the moment in the UK, we're, we're loosening off some of the shackles a little bit. So we can go to cafes, we can go to bars, but we have to sort of make sure that we are a distance away from people. There are perspex screens being set up, and still people can sit there looking a little nervous. Now, when the time comes to move those perfect screens altogether, people are going to be even more nervous. Mm. And some people at the moment are just eschewing going to places like that altogether. And that, in the long run, will be to their detriment. But for the moment, you know, I think it's really important we go through this really uncertain time that people need to feel as comfortable as they can. And that is why the social interaction is so hideous, because we need to make sure that the social support is there for everybody, Be it as we're doing now in terms of Zoom, because people feel safer talking to Zoom, or whether people want to go in a cafe where people are. The social element is crucial while we retain the physical distancing. And at the end of all this, we'll just come together again. It'll take some people longer than it'll take others
0: one of the things that is missing in the workplace too is the random encounter where you run into somebody whereas now everything is like scheduled so i'm going to have a meeting with you and where i'm missing that that's one thing i'm missing from the um old like old way of working where i would go to the water fountain and run into another person that i haven't seen in a while and we 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 yeah. chat with each other you can't really do that you can't reproduce that in an online environment i feel and i'm missing that that is something i do miss well exactly and and that
1: was i think we touched on that
0: earlier (laughs) in the conversation
1: when we're talking about zoom will not replace face-to-face interaction it can't it can it can can do bits from time to time it'll stand in for it and it's very useful in certain circumstances but it won't do all of it and it also speaks to our research the, the research that came out recently where people need their workplace colleagues they need the social and physical interaction with those people And it goes back to the workplace being a resource. Some people will be able to do without that resource longer than others, but everybody will need the workplace as a resource from time to time. And we must not forget that. Um, The office will not be dead. The office may or may not change, and please God, it does change. It needs to change in some big ways, but we'll certainly need it for all the points that you just made there.
0: I think a hybrid would would be best once we go back to normal. So you work at home and you have your uh, social gathering or get together with colleagues or meetings even uh, face-to-face. I think that would be, uh, I would see that as ideal. And the other benefit of working at home, they are talking now about the four-day week. And so uh, that is something you can do when you're working at home. You can arrange it in a way that I'm going to have three days off. You know, And uh, that flexibility, that uh, uh, having independent being independent in, in that respect, I think is very important too. And just uh, uh, one more point, why the, the good side of COVID again, and this goes to uh, to my wife, she's a nurse. And so she's very pleased that when you go to a restaurant, uh, things are disinfected in the tables and cutlery and so on. And she's shocked that it wasn't the case before. She was like, why did they not do that before? But thank goodness that might be some of these good habits that we're gonna acquire thanks to COVID, I would I would think. Also at I also add the worst.
1: I certainly hope that's the case. I mean, our, our gender, our can be quite filthy and disgusting sometimes, particularly. I mean also as a human a human species is um, can be a little bit mucky, but men in particular, I seem to think. And if we can learn better washroom habits, for example.
0: Would not be a good thing for all of us. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that, I think that's another thing that, that's come out that is uh, beneficial for, from this, from this uh, horrible, horrible disease. But um, I, I am quite optimistic about it. I think that things will get better, um, but we do have to go through the mud and uh, through the tunnel, if you like. Yeah. But there is uh, something good coming out of this. Do you share those views or are you a bit more pessimistic or maybe more realistic than me like i say um all right let's let's
1: say i'm skeptical rather than the the, the world of work for example has had the opportunity to reform itself on a number of occasions we've been through world wars we've been through banking crises all kinds of opportunities that have lasted longer than this and um so far we haven't taken those opportunities if if we take some of the, the, the chances presented to us, and you've highlighted some of the things in your questions here, that's just technologies, such just freedom, that's just cleanliness, that being able to do your own thing, if we take advantage of those, then yes, we, we could have a superb place to work. But it is entirely predicated upon management realising that they do not hold all the cards and do not have all the answers. That belongs in the people that work for them. And it is their job to help them achieve it, not tell them what to do.
0: But uh, type, I think we also un- understand now it's really important to to speak up and uh, to stand up for one's rights. And we, we're seeing it like going throughout the world with all these movements and so on. Mm-hmm. So um, perhaps that could be something to look at. Maybe also uh, in terms of unions, of having... Of demanding things like we want autonomy and put that on the list—not just the salary <laughs> increases, but if we want happiness, we want well-being.
1: Well, hopefully, but again, see, the problem is that while we want autonomy, might be great now. The people that want autonomy, then we like a bit of power next. Thank you very much. Then the autonomy underneath them goes bust. That's what's happened in the past. Yeah. So yes, um, let's remember that everybody needs autonomy as we start to climb the greasy pole. Yeah, let's hope
0: so. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much That's for taking time to, um, to talk to me. It's uh, such an enlightening conversation. And I, I will um, post our conversation, the information that I've gathered on my, uh, on my website, on my blog. But it's just been uh, such an honor to, to talk to you. And thank you for all the great work you're doing. And uh, no, 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 no. it's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. Time. Thank you very Thanks much. You Have well. a great evening. Bye bye for and, now. Uh, you too. Talk to you soon. Take Goodbye. care. Thank you.